0: What's up, everyone? Playoffs and Politics podcast here. June first. It's actually our launch day. Uh, I'm pretty excited to get some new episodes to you. Have uh, a couple planned, more more than just one coming out. Um, but they're more focused on the coronavirus and quarantine. Um, obviously, you know, unless you live under a rock or have zero access to any internet. Um, you know, it's, been a, it's been a tough week, and I wanted to sort of do an impromptu reaction to everything. And normally, when I do these shows, I uh, sort of, not script them, but uh, we'll have some bullet points in front of me uh, that I sort of want to touch on. And this is sort of just off the top of the head. Um, I'm recording this on June 1st, so it's been one week since the, um, the original murder of George Floyd, uh, George Floyd from Minnesota, where if you haven't seen the video by now, um, it's a tough watch, but I think everybody needs to watch it. Um, where you have what looks like in the video, just one police officer, Derek Chauvin, um, kneeling on the neck of George Floyd for almost just about nine minutes. I think it's like eight minutes and 56 seconds. Um, kneeing, uh, with his knee on his neck, uh, As he begs for his mom, as he begs for his life, Um, George Floyd, black man who was uh, reportedly uh, called on by uh, you know the police were called on him for a forgery and process, um, which you know is sort of a vague term for uh, he was probably using counterfeit money, um, or, or used a counterfeit bill, um, and the store, uh, called on him and all of the video, you know, that's another thing. This is, uh, this podcast is going to be sort of a, a rebuke to a lot of the, um, people that I see in my timeline who are, uh, pretty silent on the murder um, or maybe they're sil- Maybe they do say something about the murder cause it is so egregious. Um, but they're, they love to play the butt or, you know, devil's advocate. And I don't even think that they're doing it for the constructiveness of a conversation. I think it's just their innate um, inability to believe that somebody could be murdered like that. And not be at fault for it. Um, So all of the surrounding video, besides that nine minute one, which only really showed one angle, um, a pretty clear view of him, you know, being suffocated by that police officer, Um, different angles from onlookers, uh, from security footage, from the the store, all show that George Floyd was detained and uh, acted in a non-resistant manner. Uh, What the other video also shows is that there was not just one police officer on him. uh, There were two others. So that's a total of three police officers with knees on his uh, back. And the one who, you know, delivered probably the most fatal blow was the one um, Derek Chauvin with the knee on his neck um, as another police officer looked on and. Shouted at onlookers saying that, uh, no, he can breathe if he's talking. Uh, he can breathe if he's talking um, for nine minutes. And uh, since then, Derek Chauvin has been um, arrested. Uh, all four police officers involved in the incident were fired. Uh, but only Derek Chauvin, who is the one in the video with the knee on George Floyd's neck, has been Uh, arrested and brought up on charges, third degree murder and manslaughter. A lot of people call third degree murder, third degree murder, a joke. It only exists in a uh, a small number of States around the country. Uh, So it's right on the border of, um, you know, him getting a more severe punishment and him not. Uh, But nothing has come of the other three police officers who were on looking. Um, so that, um, you know, that, that is where things stand with that. Um, there's been a, uh, you know, the attorney general's now involved and, uh, you know, co-leading the prosecution. And we just have to, I think one thing that people are waiting for is to see the other police officers brought up on charges. Um, to me, that's almost the, the more scary part of the problem, and it's a problem that we'll dive into um, a bit later in this episode. Is um, you know obviously seeing the police officer with the knee on his neck uh, killing George Floyd for for nine minutes um, is infuriating, and it's tough to see. Um, but I think what is representative of the problem, the real problem with this entire thing, is the three other officers that either assist him in doing it or are just on looking as you know, he betrays his oath of protecting and serving as he betrays his uh, fellow citizens, as he betrays, um, you know, his status as a first responder, you know, as the person's begging for life um, he is slowly choking that life away from him. Um, and I think that is, where a lot of the rage is coming from around the country is obviously the death was brutal to watch. Um, and it should not have happened. George Floyd should still be here today a week later. Um, but the, the real issue that, um, you know, not enough people talk about is the onlooking it's the enablement by the other police officers. Um, yeah, we often hear, Oh, you know, there's just a couple of bad apples, uh, And I saw an interesting, you know, it's been a heavy week and it's the moments of levity and positivity stand out. Um, And I, I had seen a, I think it was yesterday or the day before uh, a quick clip from a Chris rock stand-up special um, where he sort of mocks that just a few bad apples uh, sentiment that goes around. Um, You know, he says I've had a bad apple. It's tart, but it doesn't, Choke me to death. He also said that some jobs in the country, you can't afford a few bad apples. Does Delta Airlines hire a few bad apple pilots? You know, a couple that refuse to land properly, or you know, don't take things seriously, or or um, you know, are are off the deep end? No, because you know that would result in hundreds of thousands of lost lives, but we are okay with doing that with, you know, armed forces walking the streets and, and patrolling the streets and patrolling communities. Um, but yeah, I think that's the, the, one of the big issues is the, the onlookers. Uh, Cause I think that is emblematic of a larger problem within the uh, police community, you know, not enough, there may be people coming out now just because of how blatant this is, but you know, if this wasn't recorded on video, um, there's a highly, you know, there's a pretty strong chance that nothing would have happened um, to that police officer. And that's a problem. That's a problem. If there are other police officers around him who know that, there's something going on. I mean, this specific Derek Chauvin has had multiple complaints on excessive force in his past as a police officer. Um, I saw a report, I think it came out uh, last night or this morning that uh, that police department specifically has had uh, close to 50 um, deaths uh, initiated by that knee press although they say it's something that they don't teach, uh, which I find harder to believe. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's emblematic of a larger problem. Um, and obviously, you know, that happened a week ago and, uh, you know, the video started to trickle out Monday evening and by Tuesday, most people had seen it. Um, you know, it, it took me aback. you know, I, I've, I like to think I'm a little desensitized to these things um, because I've, I've been someone who has been following it since Trayvon Martin. Um, I've seen the, you know, I have followed the, the Michael Browns, the Tamir Rices, uh, the Sandra Bland's, the Philando Castile's, um, all of these hashtags that you see on your timeline that many people choose to ignore. I've followed this since 2012. Um, You know, just, part of it was the horror that I couldn't believe it was going on. Uh, The other part of it was as a history person, I was like, this is like reading that, you know, 1950s and 60s chapter of your book and having it, you know, displayed live on TV in front of you. Um, You know, seeing unarmed black men getting shot in the back as they run away from police. That's just, I thought it had desensitized me to it, but watching George Floyd gasp for life, um, you know, and, and see it slowly leave his body on the ground. Um, when there were plenty of opportunities to prevent that from happening, was was tough to see. And in the week that has followed since the death of George Floyd, the country has seen the most protesting and rioting and most civil unrest since the death of. MLK jr. Think about that. What's that 60 years, 60 ish years. People across the country in major cities, um, you know, are burning. And for a lot of people, that's, that's tough to see. Um, I attended a protest on Saturday, uh, Everything was was very civil. Um, you know, there are always a couple people in the crowd that want to take it a step further, and those people usually get drowned out by, um, you know, the, the ones that are there with the plan and that are organized. But, yeah, I mean, protests around the country. You know, George Floyd, I think, serves as a spark. Um, you know, a lot of the conversation that I have planned coming up is about quarantine and the coronavirus and you know if you think of where the country is at right now it was a combustible situation you have decades of systemic racism decades of systemic police brutality you currently have up to possibly 40 million people unemployed due to the coronavirus there's a pandemic. People are stressed. They are not comfortable in their situation. And to see somebody get suffocated for nine minutes was sort of the the match that was struck. You know, I heard an analogy last night um, that you know com- talking about the fires that are seeing that you're seeing across the country. Um, that this has been kindling, you know, there's been stick after stick, hashtag after hashtag has been piling up. And now you have a fire that is ready to burn. Um, And I know there's been, you know, you have to separate the people who are there peacefully protesting and then those that are rioting, looting, etc. cetera. There's, there is a distinction between those two people, groups of people. But they tried peacefully protesting, and you wouldn't accept that. Colin Kaepernick kneeled at a football game during the National Anthem, and he was called a son of a bitch by the President of the United States. So they've tried peacefully protesting. If it's protesting in the streets, well, that doesn't work for a lot of white people. If they kneel during the national anthem and protest you know, something patriotic, well, that doesn't work. If they do a sit-in, that doesn't work. If they do a demonstration during a, a live event, that doesn't work. So when all of that doesn't work, you're you're creating the next step to be heard, and I also think it's interesting to see there are a lot of opportunists in these rioters and um, you know sort of uprising that you see at night, right? You know, a lot of the curfews are set. Most of the protesters will go home, but there are a lot of opportunists out there. Um, I know Minnesota right now is targeting um, multiple white nationalists and white supremacist groups that are, are there sort of trying to, in my eyes, make the black population, you know, in the Black Lives Matter movement that's protesting and upset, make them look bad. Um, and of course you see no comment on that from the president, but, you know, for the past couple of days, he wants to lash out against, uh, an Antifa group, um, of, you know, anti-fascists, which, you know, if, if the anti-fascists are upset, then maybe we should be looking at what we're doing. Um, you know, and, and another thing is, you know, a lot of these protests are peaceful, until you know, the the police just have no a militarized police force has no ability to de-escalate. I've seen it across the country where, you know, you get these, you know, you want to talk about a few a few bad apples. Well the few the few apples seem to be the ones who lay down their arms, lay down their their weapons and march with the protesters and kneel with the protesters, and support the protesters that are hurting. Those seem to be the ones that are few and far between. But it does seem like the majority, you know, you look at New York City, and they look like, you know, uh, a full-on army. You know, driving through protesters, firing tear gas, firing paint canisters, firing rubber bullets into people's houses. Because they're standing on their porch during after curfew as legions of police officers march through residential areas. You see police shooting at journalists. Again, not only are they disrupting one's right to protest, but freedom of the press to cover what's going on. So I think that's been something that has been missing. A lot of people like to focus on the rioting, obviously, because it looks, you know, it's, it looks like a movie and it's entertaining to those sitting in the comfort of their own home. But a lot of this stuff is happening because of police escalation. You know, the protesters are not the ones showing up in military equipment. You know, you have to look at those that are and it's a perfect example, and it's unfolding on live TV, why these people are upset. You know, I think some of the, the looting and rioting is because of these third-party groups that are out there. These anarchists, these white supremacists that are showing up, and and I'm sure that there's some anti-fascists there as well. Um, again, one that the president, you know, wants to make... Antifa a, a terrorist organization but for decades we've refused to acknowledge white supremacy in the country called the people you know on the side of charlottesville that you know drove through a protest and killed a woman good people said the president I don't want the the minority of people who are doing this for bad reasons to undermine people's anger and frustration. I'm sure there are people from those communities that are there protesting and and rioting. And, you know, I, I don't think it was anarchists and white supremacists that took down a police station in Minneapolis. Those are people that are fed up with a system that does not serve them. Two separate versions of America. So it's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds. Obviously, I it's tough seeing, you know, small businesses sacked. You know, those are not... You can't believe that those are the people from those communities when the next day they're organizing cleanups and the next day they're organizing food drop-offs, and free rides here and there. That's who I think, that's where I think these alternative groups come into play. But, you know, this this next and final section of the podcast is going to sort of uh, go off of the different things I've been seeing on social media, the different trends and reactions, um, you know. Target will survive. Target as a company will survive. George Floyd is dead. Two wrongs obviously do not make a right, but to, to come out stronger against the looting of a billion dollar corporation than you are against the systemic racism that exists in the country and the systemic abuse that exists in police departments across the country shows what side of the fence that you're on. So I wanted to wrap up this podcast by responding to what I've been seeing on social media, people's different reactions to the death, the protest, the rioting, the looting, the police brutality that we've seen, because I think it's important because it shows a window into the consciousness of uh, the nation. Um, you know, I have had the privilege of, and it's experience that I, you know, am very thankful for to this day that, um, you know, in college, I went through very intensive uh, professional training on diversity, social justice, community building, active citizenship, how to be an active citizen, Um But with all of that training, so, I mean, that gave me the ability to have these difficult conversations. I had to do a lot of self-reflection. I had to do a lot of looking at where I've come from and, you know, identifying my own privilege and, I know, white privilege is a a trigger word for a lot of people. Um, And with all that training, I have still zero clue and cannot relate to what it is like to be black, a minority, a person of color in this country. But what I can do as my job with my privilege is to stand up for those that are not dealt the same hand that we are. So to first talk about the looting, again, I know I mentioned it earlier, but the target will survive Um, you know, again, it's unfortunate if a, if if a local small business is looted, my assumption is that most of that is not being done by the protesters from that community. Um, there are other groups in play, but again, you know, to get mad at looting, it's all because of what you see to get mad at people looting and, you know, walking out of a Nike store with a couple of boxes of, you know, sneakers but not get mad at billionaires and corporations getting trillion dollars of bailout money during the pandemic i mean that is looting that is stealing from the american people um you know these companies that just do not need the help but we continue to bail them out that is the looting that people should be upset about and then You know, I see a lot of yeah, but, you know, I call it the yeah, but syndrome where, you know, people just need to take a second to check themselves and realize the gravity of the situation and the privilege that they have experienced in their life. It does not mean that your life has not been hard. It does not mean that you, you know, maybe if you grew up, blue collar or lower class that you have not faced struggles as well. But what it does mean is that because of the color of your skin, you don't have to worry about certain things that minorities have to worry about and specific specifically black men. So again, the, the all lives matter crowd, it's, it's a simple analogy. If if your neighborhood was on if your neighborhood had a house that was on fire and the fire department responds is the fire department going to put water and extinguish every house in the neighborhood or should they just focus on the house that's on fire It's such a simple analogy Yes all lives matter obviously but until black lives matter All lives don't matter. You cannot say that all lives are treated equally with respect if it's shown time and time again that the black community is treated less than. And I've seen a lot of people talk about things going off the rails and, um, you know, things aren't that Bad and the police don't, you know, have any issue. I mean, I just think you need to, you need to check yourself when and listen. Um, And I, and I think it's important, you know, I, people are stressed out right now. They're in a a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of anxiety going on because of the pandemic and people are in difficult situations. Um, I think this is a, and often, oftentimes, I think of being a history person, I think of looking back and were you on the right side of history or were you on the wrong side of history? And, I, and this has long been one of those moments. This didn't just start this week. It's been like this for a while. Um, but this is the new age of, of people having to go through the same issue as their grandfathers did, as their fathers did, as their ancestors did. And, you know, when you have a grandfather that went through this, and then a father who's going through this, it's it's going to escalate. But I think it is important to distinguish what side are you on in this struggle. Again, it's not just a, it is a racial issue. But it is also a police issue. You know, when when I see the comments that say, well, oh, you know, uh, well, you know, white people are killed by the police too. It's like, okay, well, you should be just as pissed off. You should be just as pissed off. It doesn't mean that black people have a reason to be less pissed off because police abuse their force with white people as well. I think... This is a what side are you on moment. And and I understand people's, especially amongst, you know, the white community, I understand people's hesitancy to come out and speak about things that you're not knowledgeable about. That that shows, you know, a level that you're, you know, trying to avoid being ignorant. You're trying to avoid talking about something that you're not educated on. Um, And I understand this these are stressful times it's stressful to pay attention to the news and it's stressful to see this going on every day but your silence is a luxury and a privilege that you have sure this you know absorbing this news every day might take a toll on your your mental health but black men in the black community around this country and minorities around this country don't have that luxury to worry about their mental health because they have to worry about, am I going to make it from point A to point B without being harassed, abused and gunned down by the police? It's a fact. So if you're being silent right now on this issue, I think it shows what side you're on. If you are, afraid to speak out even though you feel like you support the movement then guess what educate yourself you know if you don't know how to how to cook a recipe you study the recipe and then you take action on it and then you learn how to do it so if you're if your excuse for being silent right now is oh well you know i don't know enough about the issue or i don't know what to say then guess what Crack open a history book, the internet's a wonderful thing, do some research, and you'll quickly realize, again, if you're, if you're opening yourself up and putting yourself out of your comfort zone, you will quickly realize the problem that is inherent in this country in regards to race relations, in regards to police brutality. And you will see that very evidently. So, you know, we're a week into this right now. And, um, you know, I, I I just sort of went off the top of the head. You know, I'm sure that there are things that I didn't cover, and there are things that I did cover. Um, but as we stand right now, we have George Floyd dead. Only one of the four officers that were abusing him on the ground, and one that just stood by complicit. Only one of them have been arrested and charged. And... We've seen more cities under uh, curfew than we have since the death of Martin Luther King. People are hurting. This country is hurting. We are absent any leadership, but it's important as well to recognize this is not just a symptom of Trump. This issue did not just start under Trump. Sure, he's a, he is an enabler, But there were mistakes that President Obama made. And there were mistakes that presidents have made over decades of leadership. This is not just a Trump issue. And if you're an advocate for other movements, then you should be an advocate for this one. So that's where we stand a week later. And I don't know when it's going to stop. Because... All too often you see, you know, these communities that are hurting told to get over it. So I don't know when it's going to stop. But I think change starts when you check yourself and you do some self-reflection. And then you realize the advantages that you've had and the things you haven't had to worry about. Because of where you come from and your background. And once you realize that, you need to speak out about it. You need to raise awareness. You need to talk to your family and friends that are silent. Or maybe on the other side of the issue. And then you need to do more than just post on social media. I know that makes a lot of people feel good and sleep well at night. But you need to get involved. You need to donate. You need to... Get organized, show up to a protest, donate some money to bail out a protester. Get organized, get behind political candidates that fight for real change. We only had one presidential candidate on the Democratic side that actually had a policy around police accountability and police reform. So you need to get behind those issues. It's easy in today's society where, you know, again, just last week, coronavirus was the main story. It's easy to move from from one thing to another but it's not easy to move from one thing to another when you are feeling under constant threat day in and day out. So again, not, not the typical format of this podcast, um, but I just felt like it's been, it's been a long week. It's been an emotional week. Um, i followed this coverage all week just because it's, it's history in front of me. So um, I want to hear what your thoughts are I want to hear what you're doing to to spread this message and have the conversation, so that way, um, you know these folks can be heard, and that way, these uh, communities that are hurting can be heard, and we can try and create some real change that's long overdue. But I want to hear what I want to hear what you guys are are doing out there. I want to hear what um, what it's like where you're at, because um, again, I know you know these protests have gone global. So, um, at playoffs and politics on Instagram and Facebook and at playoff politics on Twitter. Um, Twitter has been a great source of information during this, uh, week of protesting. So I definitely, you know, if you want to see what the media is not showing, I would, you know, follow me at playoff politics so that way you can get a sense of what's actually going on on the ground. But that's it June 1st. Thanks for listening and, um, stay safe out there.